TCM Podcast, all about Chinese medicine. Welcome to a new episode at our podcast. Today we're going to talk about the anxiety disorders and especially about the fundamentals of anxiety and about the evolutionary aspects of anxiety. So according to the World Health Organization, 1 in 13 globally suffers from anxiety. There are reports that anxiety disorders are the most common mental disorders worldwide, with specific phobias, major depressive disorder and social phobias being the most common anxiety disorders. Anxiety is a mental illness that can impact an individual and collective daily life. It is the most common mental illness in the US, for example, affecting about 40 million adults each from 18 and older, or about 18% of the population. Approximately 8% of children and teenagers experience an anxiety disorders, with most people developing symptoms before the age of 21. About 12% of people are affected by an anxiety disorder in a given year, and between 5-30% to are affected at some point in their life. Anxiety disorders occurs about twice as often in women than they do in a man, and generally begin before the age of 25. The most common are specific phobia, which affects nearly 12%, and social anxiety disorder, which affects 10% at some point in their life. They affect those between the ages of 15 and 35 the most, and become less common after the age of 55. Rates appear to be higher in the United States and Europe. Only about one-third of those suffering from an anxiety disorder receive treatment, even though the disorders are highly treatable. Well, how to define anxiety? Anxiety is an overwhelming, long-term, subjective, unpleasant emotion, often accompanied by nervous behavior and symptoms of worries, phobias, physical symptoms, such as muscular tension, restlessness, fatigue, etc. Anxiety, however, is not the same as fear, which is um, our immediate response to a real-life danger and threats, whereas anxiety is the expectation of future threat, sometimes due to a long-term exposure to life-threatening events, anxiety can be appropriate reactions, but when experienced regularly, the individual may suffer from an anxiety disorders. Acute anxiety refers to sporadic, stressful panic attacks, which dramatically influence our lives. Chronic anxiety, on the other hand, refers to general, long, drawn-out daily symptoms that reduce quality of life of individuals. It is important to note the risk of anxiety has a tendency to transform to depression and possibly even lead to a suicide. Anxiety causes an individual to be fearful, worried, or stressed about daily activities that we may feel are normal. For me, anxiety is an interesting topic. In my 15 years clinical practice, 30 of my patients were diagnosed with anxiety disorders. 
Diagnosis and treatment of anxiety disorders has changed rapidly in the past century. Modern medicine has produced diagnostics, criteria, pharmaceuticals and different therapies, increasing public awareness of these conditions. Researchers are finding that genetic and environmental factors, frequently in interaction with one another, are risk factors for anxiety disorders. The heritage of anxiety is still a toss-up, but research of these illness has stated that roughly one-third of the underlying causes of social anxiety come from your genetics. Also, ecological approach can have an impact of anxiety. Factors like culture, humans, and political ecology can play an important role for anxiety. Having an anthropological approach of anxiety will help increase our understanding of this illness and help the improvement of an individual with anxiety. Knowing that anxiety can be passed through genetics could help the ongoing research of how to help patients born with anxiety. The ethnomedical approach as cultural aspect of anxiety deals with perceived and treated differences in many cultures. In Western culture, anxiety can be treated through psychoanalysis of or antidepressants. Anxiety is not perceived as a weakness, but as an illness. In Eastern Asian cultures, in contrary, it is a sign of weakness. Physical symptoms of different mental illnesses such as Anxiety in most Asian cultures tend to be explained as manifestations of spiritual or moral weaknesses. That is why many Asian healthcare systems do not treat anxiety as a mental illness but as a physical disorder. Psychodynamic perspective of anxiety is experienced when a person feels himself in impending danger. This is a viewpoint shared by most theoretical persuasions, but is a particular vantage point owes most to the psychoanalytical tradition established by Freud. An, an evolutionary psychology explains that uh, increased anxiety serves the purpose of increased vigilance regarding potential threats in the environment as well as increased tendency to take proactive actions regarding such possible threats. Variations of anxiety disorders burden humans for thousands of years, but actual classification of anxiety conditions as mental illnesses is confined to the last century. Development and use of antidepressant and anti-anxiety drugs to treat these anxiety are even more recent. We search for pharmaceutical remedies, hoping for the magic bullet, the penicillin for depression or anxiety. The accepted treatment for these conditions was the institutionalization of the patients in one of the oppressive and isolating asylums that had dominated mental health care in US and Europe for centuries. As a global leader in healthcare in the United States in early years after World War II, utilize scientific methods and advances in technology to find specific diseases and equally specific treatments for them. The first volume of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental Diseases was published in 1952, the same year the first antipsychotic was developed and contained about 106 disorders. 
With each subsequent update, new research findings resulted in the addition and subtraction of various conditions and potential treatments. Both psychotherapy, electroshock therapy, and even neurosurgery were treatment options. The pharmaceutical remedies seemed to hold the most potential. The cost of keeping institutions for the mentally ill operational was extremely taxing to the United States budget, and Congress began investing in the development of psychiatric pharmaceuticals in the late 1950s. Very soon, it was invested generously in pharmaceutical drugs to cure anxiety and depressive disorders. We can't ignore the influence of American capitalism in medical field. The market economy relies on efficiency and cost reduction for increased profits that can be reinvested into future growth. The World Health Organization, Center for Disease Control, and American media outlets have been more vocal about the prevalence and signs of these disorders. More recently, advertisements for psychotropic drugs have appeared on TVs, which in turn has questionable outcome. Unlike alternative treatments, which cannot be advertised as distant products in 60-second sound bites, pills can be marketed towards consumers in between segments of their favorite programs. Ads for antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications are also a source of information for the public and have been shown to affect perceptions of prevalence, lifetime risks and treatment choices in both mentally ill and healthy members of the American population. There is no surgery for anxiety, but many people are prescribed with antidepressants to treat anxiety. Antidepressants do not always work. It takes sometimes up to a year for antidepressants to take effect. Short-term studies, the medicines increase the risk of suicidal tendencies in some children and young adults with depression or psychiatric disorders. The critical approach for anxiety and the use of antidepressants is not really relied on and should be heavily consolidated with the patient's healthcare professionals. There are many alternative treatments that rely on patients to professional interactions. Nowadays, we have many researchers and practitioners to access the current methods of diagnosis and treatment, and argues that the deployment of a more personal, investigative diagnostic and treatment process would result in a dramatic increase in the effectiveness and adherence to treatment plans. The present reality for mental health patients worldwide and in the United States is a limited scope of treatment options, often with expensive price tags and serious science effects. Our busy lifestyles limit the opportunity for alternative treatments that are more longitudinal and thus time-consuming, such as psychotherapy, exercise, or even hobbies, and pastimes that provide respite and distraction for the daily stress of careers, family, and relationships. The healthcare system is, of course, a cultural product based on the American ideals of efficiency, independence, and cost effectiveness. The economic system of contemporary American capitalism was directly responsible for the initial investment in psychopharmacological research. The evidence of the further involvement of the American government in the testing and marketing of anxiety and depressive medication is reflected in analysis 
on, on advertisements and their role in the perceptions the population has towards the symptoms, etiology, and treatment of affective disorders. Scientists now understand anxiety disorders to be develop developmental disorders that began in childhood. They also are often gateway to other illnesses, depressions, uh, substance abuse, and even uh, suicidal behavior often begin as out-of-control anxiety. Anxiety disorders can also interfere with normal development, sabotaging the acquisition of social skills, achievement in school and in the workplace. Anxiety risk factors include a history of child abuse, family history of mental disorders and poverty. Anxiety disorders often occur with other mental disorders, particularly major depressive disorders. Personality disorder and substance use disorder to be diagnosed symptoms typically need to be present in at least six months. More than would be expected for the situation and decreased functioning. Without treatment, anxiety disorders tend to remain. Treatment may include lifestyle changes, counseling and medications. Besides medications, counseling has been proved to be effective and with more than plausible effect. Typically, counseling type is cognitive behavioral therapy. The perceptiveness of anxiety disorders and their resistance to treatment suggest a need for a deeper understanding of the sources of anxiety. We argue that to make some progress understanding clinical anxiety disorders, we need to start by obtaining a better understanding of the normal anxiety responses. What is it for and why does it have the future that it does? As evolution by natural selection is the source of all complex physiological, including neural organization in nature, this necessarily means taking an evolutionary perspective. Very basic approach in understanding anxiety is to determine its causes and normal responses. Evolutionary theory predicts that the threshold for mounting an anxiety response should depend on the probability of dangerous events occurring in the current environment and the vulnerability of the person to those events as critical criteria. The evolutionary criteria for when a mechanism is functioning adaptively are different from the criteria for identifying when a psychiatric disorder is present. Treatments for anxiety and depression at present have limited e efficiency. For example, Anxiety depressive disorders. Usage of antidepressants treat successfully every sixth patient. It means six patients need to be treated with the drugs to produce one clinically significant symptomatic improvement. Generally speaking, only about 45% of anxiety patients show a clinically significant response to psychological therapy. From prehistoric time until modern times, Evolution by natural selection is the source of all complex physiological organization in nature. It's debatable for some what is evolution by its manifestations in human societies. However, more questions arises where is the boundary between evolved functions and dysfunctions? Evidences suggest that uh, the long-term survival is lower in people with a low level anxiety proneness 
than those in the middle of the distribution. Animals display a set of responses in their normal behavior and consists of increased heart rate, stress hormone secretion, restlessness, fear of potentially dangerous environments, and decreased feeding and exploratory behavior. It also involves an increased tendency to interpret ambiguous stimuli as threatening. Modern times are nothing like the times in which our ancestors evolved. Prehistoric men were living in an environment of evolutionary adaptation. Primitive men were hunter-gatherers living in bands. Evolutionary psychology tend to believe that non-natural environment we live today opposes natural selection and organization of human societies, and that is one possible cause of anxiety and depression. Nowadays, nowadays we live in a global village. News spread by all means. Most of news we receive are so-called bad news and is a debatable source of anxiety in many. We have access to the bad news of 6 billion up to 7 billion people, more than could be generated by a hunter-gatherer band at the primitive tribe. Such as symptomatic stress during primitive times were discussed and so shared with other group members, whereas modern man tends to watch it, listen to it, on his own mostly without comment it loudly. Anxiety and depressive disorders play important roles in managing the organization of a social hierarchy. Social anxiety disorder is mostly obsessed with avoiding harm from human interactions and is interested in social balance and equality. However, there is a difference between anxious mood and anxious emotion. Anxious emotion is directed and sensitive to by object changes. In contrary, anxious mood is self-focused and is unchallenged by changes in the environment. Emotions and moods are mediated by different levels of the brain. A great example of this is Maclean's model of the triune brain representing depressed emotion and anxious emotion. Depressed emotion and anxious emotions are mediated by the polymammalian forebrain, whereas depressed mood and anxious mood are mediated by reptilian forebrain. Ancient philosophers used the metaphor of the cart, horse and driver. The driver presented reason or the rational mind with only limited control over the horse, which represented the emotional mind with limited control of the cart representing the instinctive mind. In humans, our neo-mammalian brain recognizes as rational thought and decision-making not only on modern problems such as technology and uh, litigation, but also on the older problems related to reptilian and paleomammalian brains such as avoidance of danger, courtship and competition. For over 300 million years, Competition between our ancestors took the form of agonistic ritual behavior in the sense that it uh, obeys certain rules. Basic rule is that the, each individual has a limit in the punishment he is able to receive before switching from escalation to de-escalation. Another rule is that when our consistent co contestant submits, the winner exercises mercy and does not take advantage of any submissive posture adopted by the loser. Various competitions have become more complex over the course of evolution. Conflicts within group members in primitive societies could take long time to be resolved. Instead of fleeing during the course, the loser 
con could remain to live in the group within the contest winner. Such new approach gave rise to submissive behavior, and as a result this produced the capacity of individuals to live in a subordinate social role. Anxiety and fear of the dominant individuals triggered the social hierarchy in order to maintain stability as preventing possible rebellion. At some point during evolution, this stabilizing anxiety gave rise to a certain respect of the higher-ranking individuals and this social rank was determined by the choice of the group. The capacity for escalation and de-escalation survived the switch to prestige competition different forms. Suit of the goals replaces the decision to attack, so escalation got the adoption of new goals, and uh, de-escalation consists of giving up goals. Socially speaking, escalation took the form of self-assertion, such as standing up to speak and promoting one's own goal, whereas de-escalation takes the form of self-efficiencement by allowing other people's goal to take precedence in the group. At the emotional level, escalation takes the form of enthusiasm and the self-confidence. De-escalation reflects the fact that punishment comes from the group rather than from a dominant individual. So there how social anxiety is formed by guilt and shame. Evolutionary aspects believe the truths of depression and anxiety goes back to our ancestors' complete absence of attachments to family life or even peer bonding. In such relationship with opposite sex, they were restricted to courtship and with the same sex to ritual agonistic behavior. When attachment evolved, it had a profound effect. Depression and anxiety after experiencing loss represent a precursor mood change to adjust the individual to lower status. Evolutionary aspect believes that injustices and competitiveness of the developed world are seen as recent cultural pathologies. In contrary to our modern lifestyles, our ancestors had the capacity to live in both equality and inequality accepting it willingly and producing as a result depression and anxiety in conditions when applied inequality. In general, rational brains has little control over the emotional brains, but only mediation applies as effect in positive and negative way. Common to poker players is adaptation to perform poker face, in order that his opponents can see can't see his excitement when he picks up and looks at a great deal in his hand. Chinese jade retailers brush their skills in fully understanding customers who will hide pleasure in observing a particularly desirable piece. Therefore, retailers look at the customer's pupils for dilations and excitements. This is a positive effect over which the rational brain has no control. In social situations, hideouts of negative effect is not required nor expected. Who are motivated to hide the manifestations of depression and anxiety from others. In social circumstances, when we are up to prestige competition, individuals try to present themselves as competent and in charge of the social situation. In most cultures, people like to associate with successful others and avoid those who show signs of failure. As a matter of fact, it has been found that depressed and anxious individuals are found to be social aversive and are avoided, avoided by others. 
In real-life situations related to competition, people are motivated to encourage their allies to perform as well as possible, and particular parents are motivated to push their children to optimal performance, trying to launch their children into social orbits higher than their own social status. Social anxiety is most a solitary output, endured by an individual harmed by a dominant or by a wiping boy and punished by the group. In contrary, non-social anxiety has sources of harm, often shared with other group members and eventually becomes a social experience, modulated by social constants. In some cases, the group comes together to reduce anxiety. It seems that anxiety is easier than disorders to grasp it because of its function in avoidance of harmful situations. Parents try to train their children to be anxious about traffic, strange men, drugs and other dangers, which did not appear in the optimal environment, and so have no built-in avoidance mechanism. In a way, anxiety is much more difficult to analyze than depression. It is a complex mix of cognitive, effective, behavioral and somatic components with complex relations to the aspects of motivation. The functions of depression is entirely social, whereas anxiety has to keep the individual safe from countless non-social danger, in addition to threats from conspecifics. Anxiety motivates the individual to escape danger and work hard to social disgrace. On the other hand, too much anxiety impairs performance, may actually impede attempts to escape or avoid danger. It is clear that anxiety has adaptive and protective function. For instance, for a person who crosses Himalayan every now and then would not last for long. Anxious avoidance of snakes and spiders obviously saved many lives so far. Fact is that there is no yet established anxiety about electric cars and space traveling indicates that evolution has no time to build up anxiety about these dangers. In the end, I would like to mention Aristotle. He made interesting observation. If someone hits you, you will definitely experience pain. If higher-ranking individual is the one who caused pain, you will feel sad. If pain is caused by a lower-ranking individual, you will feel angry. Instinctively, your reactions will be determined by subrational brain. With our rational brain, we can choose to fight or submit, and we can choose to feel angry or to feel sad and anxious in return to determine our life strategy and social status. So, in short, this will end our correspondence about uh, anxiety and depression. We mentioned today about the fundamentals of anxiety and evolutionary aspect of anxiety and depression. Love and light. Hear you next time. TCM Podcast, all about Chinese medicine.